Envy, Angelique Eagles, and Charlemagne the God. I congratulate you, Hall of Famers. So I to be in the presence Thank of you. radio royalty. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. It's a big deal. Big deal. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. We love y'all, man. Thank you for being the people's champs. Probably the greatest. I'll drill y'all. Good morning, USA! Hey, fam! It's Tuesday! Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 1st. Good morning. Yes, it's Chinese New Year, so gong hei fa choy. That's how you say. Say it again? Gong hei fa choy. Gong hei fa choy. Mm-hmm. How you say happy birthday? I don't know. That's all I know. That's all you know. You Goodness got a red gracious. envelope of money in it. Goodness gracious. Well, today is my wife's birthday. Ah, okay. Dropping bomb for gear. Happy birthday, Gia. Today is her birthday, so we're going to be uh, celebrating all week long. So what is that, Aquarius? I don't do the sign things. I, yeah, I think it's an Aquarius. All I know is my sign, Virgo. That's all I Damn know. Damn selfish. I just, I don't, you don't know. know. You never I, looked I, up like, let's see how compatible we are. No, I never did the whole sign thing. <laughs> I never I never was into the signs and who's a Aquarius, Sagittarius. I just don't know. I know I'm a Virgo just because I'm supposed to know. But other than that, I have no idea what the signs mean, the connection of the signs. Well, you need to get in tune, Full sir. of ish, I don't know. Come you on, You need to sir. get in tune. I'm a cancer. I'm a sensitive, emotional, intuitive being. And right. late. Well, no, y'all started early this morning. <laughs> we, started, we started early? Y'all started early because uh, Jupiter is in retro Gatorade. <laughs> Jupiter's in Gatorade? It, it, was six, it was 5.55 when I walked in the building. <laughs> no, what the hell? <laughs> okay. That's, that's the story it, you stick with? It was 5.55 when I walked in the building. What time is it now? 6.01. Since when y'all start at 6.01? We don't. We start six. at 6 o'clock. Oh. But uh, this is the year of the tiger this year. So for Chinese New Year, this starts today. Okay. Today's also Black History Month, baby. Today mm-hmm. starts Black Drop History Month Drop one of clues well. bombs for Black History Month. All right? February 1st. We mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. I get to double celebrate today. I'm giving away black stuff all month, by the way. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? All right. <laughs> I'm giving away black stuff all month. <laughs> like, what's black stuff? You know, I always give away books like The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. Right. So I'll be giving that away. I'll be giving away uh, I'll be giving away stuff. I got things to give away. Okay. This Black Effect hat, I'll be giving those away. Okay. You know what I mean? Black stuff. All right. You get it now, right? I get it. Yeah, black I stuff. It. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, we got a special guest joining us this oh, morning. Oh, my God. If you don't give a damn, if if you don't give a damn, we don't give a F was a person. Yes. <laughs> if don't start note, won't be note was a person. At any age. At any age. At any time. <laughs> I listen, you know what's so funny? I was thinking about this yesterday, right? What? And I was thinking about this as I was reading this book. But he didn't give a damn when he was younger. No. He really don't give a damn now. No. But it's like, it's 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 really apparent he ain't got no room to bite his tongue. No. At all. No. Not wants, even a little bit. He wants all the smoke. All, all the smoke. All the action. It doesn't matter what age he's at. He don't care. It is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Oakley will be joining Man, us this morning. He's got a new book out called The Last Enforcer. It is one of the most entertaining books I have read in a long, 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 long time. Ex-NBA player played for the Bulls, played, for, of course, for the Knicks, played for Toronto. Can I tell you how the book starts off? Because we're going to talk about it. Yeah, sure. First line of the book is, I did not punch Charles Barkley. In the face. I swear. I didn't point. I didn't point. I swear I didn't point Charles Barkley, but I did slap the. Sh- out of him. <laughs> I slapped the ish out of him. Goodness gracious! That's how the book started. That's I, how the book starts. I, I did not punch Charles Barkley in the face. I know all the rumors. I did not punch him in the face. Which I never heard, by the way. I slapped the ish out of I him. I never heard that rumor. Yeah. Well, he, we get into all that. We get into his uh, relationship with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wrote the forward for the book, by the mm-hmm. way. It was always a story. I, when I when comedians come up here, I always uh, ask comedians, you know. 
I heard Ed Lover talk about one time he was performing at Caroline's and he made a funny joke about the Knicks and the rumor was that they started throwing chicken bones at him. Well, Charles Oakley will clear that up. Yeah, he'll clear that up this morning. He'll, he'll clear that up. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, Tom Brady shares his update on his reported retirement from the NFL. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into some front page news. Where are we starting, you? Uh, well, Tom Brady, he was on Sirius XM NFL podcast, and he talked about his reported retirement from the NFL. Here's what he had to say. Sometimes it, it takes some time to really evaluate how you feel and what you want to do. And, and uh, I think when the time's right, I'll be ready to make a decision one way or another, just like I said last week. You know, people want to be, um, you know, in front of the news often. And I totally understand that. I understand that's the environment we're in. Um, but I think for me, I'm just literally it's day to day with me. I'm just trying to do the best I can every day and, you know, make uh, evaluate things as they come and, you know, trying to make a great decision for me and my family. I don't understand why people want to be in front of the news. I would rather be, you know, right. Correct. Than first. I don't get it. Well, you can listen to the full Let's Go podcast to hear what else he had to say about his reported retirement. And get ready for some more snow. The Midwest is bracing for a storm. They said this could bring major snowfall and leave dangerous ice on the roadways. It's actually supposed to start today through Thursday. So Mm. there's a winter storm watch that's been issued from Colorado to Michigan, including Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, Chicago, Indianapolis, and Detroit. More than one foot of snow is uh, possible. And they said it's going to be freezing rain and sleet. And then by the end of the week, the Northeast will be thawing out with temperatures rising to the mid-40s. That's us, right? Yes. Yes. That's us. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the judge has rejected that plea deal for the father and son, Travis McMichael and Gregory McMichael, in the Ahmaud Arbery murder case. And so they said all they would have to do is stand up and say, according to Arbery's mother, they were motivated by hate. And then this court will concede to their preferred conditions of confinement. I do not need to hear them say they were motivated by hate. That does me no good. It does my family no good. Ahmaud Arbery's mother went on to say, it is not fair to take away this victory that I prayed and I fought for. It is not right. It is not just. It is wrong. Please listen to me. And the judge did listen and turned down Travis McMichael and Gregory McMichael's plea agreements with federal prosecutors. Mm. They were kind of surprised that everything got turned down. So there you are. Sean King tweeted out, breaking the judge just accepted the guilty plea to federal hate crimes, but rejected the federal request that they serve their time in federal prison. The judge honored the request of the family. We are all grateful. This is the best case scenario. Hey, man, go do your time, okay? Forever. Mm-hmm. Forever is a very long time. What's they got? 99 years, I believe. That's forever. That's forever. That's forever. I don't know why why judges be playing with people with them numbers. Just say forever. Mm -hmm. Just say you're not coming home. Matter of fact, just hit the gavel and say period. 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 (laughs) Period. Mean you're not coming Mm -hmm. home ever. Now, the judge gave both men the option to go forward with their guilty pleas and risk her giving them a harsher sentence than what they agreed to or to withdraw their pleas and go to trial starting on Monday. They have until Friday to decide. Go back to trial? Yeah, because it was two different um, cases, remember? Mm. All right, and that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Or if you just want to talk, if you just need to, to spread some positivity or something bothering you, whatever it may be. 800-585-1051. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? 
This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up, what's up? It's Pork Chop. Pork Chop, what up? Get it off your chest. We don't eat pork, King. What up, Chuleta? Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. What's going on? Yo, it's so hard to cut off these sides. Yo, you try to do the right thing, but they don't even want to let you go these days. Yeah, you sound too young, King. That sounds like some allegedly. little boy stuff there. You can't get rid of your thoughts. What are you talking about? Yeah, trying to get rid of them, yo. You can do it. Are you in a committed relationship now? Uh, I am. So why do you still have thoughts? I don't have them. But so what's the problem? The phone up beating the door down. Well, block their number. Block their number. Unfollow them on Instagram. That. Block about, them on social media. Or how about you just ignore it? I've been doing that too. That's what I'm talking to y'all. Okay. Well, well there you go. And if yeah, they everything's they fine. In your house, you gotta call 911 because they're trespassing. <laughs> exactly. I got. I got it ready to go. Uh-huh. And a lot of them probably just don't believe you. You know what I mean? Whenever you go clean, you know they never want to believe that you are as clean as you say you are. They still want to try you a little uh-huh. bit. Let me see your phone. Nah, you good. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Keep the faith, my brother. Stay strong. That don't get distracted, one. all right? Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Victoria. How are you? Victoria, good morning. Get it off your chest. So I just wanted to spread some positivity today. Um, I just want to say I love y'all. Listen to y'all all the time. And um, I wanted to share a quick story. Last week, I was having lunch, and a woman walked up to me and told me that God put it on her heart to come tell me that I will be a millionaire. Um, and I just wanted to spread that to so many people who may be doubting themselves because she came up to me with so much conviction and I just truly believe in my heart that it's going to happen for me one day. And I want to put that out there to whoever needs to hear it, that whatever your plans are, whatever you have on your heart, God's got you and it will happen. Yeah, I agree. But it's, your, but, it, but it's your dream, though. I always tell people, F your dream if it's not your dream. Just because you see it working for somebody else don't mean that it's for you. That's your Absolutely. blessing. Did you, play, Absolutely. did you play the lotto? I mean, she came up to me with so much conviction. I was just like, girl, can I have a hug? Like, thank you. Like, And she was just like, that's all I wanted to tell you. And she walked away, and I felt the spirit of God on this woman. But did she tell I you anything else? Did, did, did she, she tell you how you're no, going to get there? It. Yeah, did you, did you play the lotto? No. Did she give you a hint? I, I, I was. That's what I wanted her to tell me. But I know that one day, you know, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up. You know, but um, she just literally said... Um, God put it on my spirit to tell you that you're going to be a millionaire. I didn't want to come over here and tell you because I didn't want to interrupt your lunch, but I had to be obedient and come tell you that. Okay. And she walked away. I'm going to be honest with you. What? what? That's not really a dream, though. What? Just to say I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, you know, I think that you got to find your purpose first and then the, the profit comes with that that purpose. Like, I can say that to anybody to make them feel good. Hey, guess what? God told me you're going to be a millionaire. Well, maybe that's true, though. Maybe God... I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm just saying I would rather have the purpose and the plan. You know what I mean? I don't think... But that I don't think that God is going to give a purpose and a plan to another person. I think that's that's my journey to find that. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. That's in my heart. That wasn't the other girl's assignment. That wasn't the lady's assignment. The lady's assignment was what she did. Correct. But I just... And I truly believe that. I believe I, I, that God told her to come tell me that because he knows that I need to keep working on finding my purpose. And I'm very aware of that. There you go. And I think that was like my confirmation that I need to keep working on finding my purpose. Yes, and your purpose can come through other people sometimes too. Like there's there's always signs. Somebody might say something to you that might may plan a seed. People see things in you that you don't see in yourself. So don't 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 put the blinders on to other people being able to plant the seeds of your purpose. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. But I just wanted to spread some positivity with all the craziness going on in the world. And, you know, some people also to take care of their mental health. Okay. Absolutely. Um, oh, shoot. And you hung up on her. Damn. See, you now you just made her feel not worthy. She just felt worthy, and then you hung up on her for no damn reason. God says she's going to be a millionaire. Okay. 
All right. Get it off your chest. I didn't mean to hang up on you. I'm sorry, Yes, mama. you did. No, I didn't. 800 yes, you did. I thought you was finished. 800 585 If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Elijah from uh, New Jersey. Good morning, Peace, Elijah. Elijah. Good morning. Uh, Envy. Get it off your chest, brother. Yeah, I'm just calling to give a shout-out to my mom, my, my girl, and my aunt. They went to Jamaica uh, trying to celebrate. And my mom, you know, she got breast cancer. She's been surviving for the last couple years with it. Dope. Um, Congratulations my, on them going to Jamaica. Dealing with a lot. For the last two years, you know, my brother, he was murdered uh, in 2019. He was an aspiring chef. And, you know, just been trying to get that off my chest. That, you know, got to protect our family out here and be, uh, you know, keep our head on the swivel and be more vigilant. Is she in between her treatments right now? Yes, she is. She's been receiving um, treatments, but uh, each time she go back, you know, it's a different situation. Right now, the doctors told her she got six to eight months to live. So oh boy. she's been trying to, you know, live her best life with that. But well, we don't receive that. Man. We don't receive that. We don't receive that. And I, and I got, like I said, I think it's very dope that she's in Jamaica right now, you know, still living her best life, you know, through her through her circumstances, her trying yeah. circumstances. Exactly. All right, but, uh, yeah, I'm holding it down with my two kids, uh, you know. Okay. Black fathers don't get enough uh, recognition out here, you know. I'm That's right. I'm Beyonce, ever, you know. There you go. How old are your kids? I appreciate you. Just send me a book, Charlamagne. I got you. I'm going to definitely send you the unapologetic guide to black mental health. And I'm going to send you a, a, a Black Effect Mitchell and Ness snapback, my brother. All right. Thank you. I, I got you. It. How, how old are your kids? My kids are five, and my son, my, my daughter's five, my son is two. Okay. I got my little sister at home, you know, holding it down so so I could get back and forth and make sure I could drop them back off from work, from school and work, because I got up at four. That's what and it I'm is. I'm on my way back home to get them ready for school and take them to school. Okay. All right, brother. Well, you have right, a good one, man. Put him on hold so I can get his ad in. Yep, I'm got you. Send him his pack, his black pack, since it's Black History Month. Hello, who's this? That's you, Joe, man. What's up, Joe? Get it off your chest. Yo, first and foremost, I want to say uh, happy Black History Month, everybody. Good morning. Hey. Yo, Grand Rising. Thank you. And Charlamagne. Charlamagne don't don't, don't man, say Grand I, Rising to me. I ain't no biscuit king. <laughs> I didn't hear the yo, yo, yo this morning, man. I'm driving a trunk. I just pulled over. I just signed the lease yesterday, and I want one of those hats. In return, I'll send you a watch. Maybe you can get to work on time. <laughs> what? They start. They, they started the show early. No, King. we didn't start no show early. No, Dead no, on no, time. No, 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 no. I listen every morning. At Six o'clock on the dot. The music drops. The beat drops. That's right. And, and I didn't hear the yo 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 this morning. I heard Envy and I heard Angelique. Angelique, you know, start the day. That's like, cap. Nah. That's cap, and that's exactly what I'm gonna send you. A black effect cap. Like, oh yeah, I know all about all the Chinese signs and like, yo, my man, wait, hold on, man, hold on. You know what we got to do? We're going to have to, you know, when he's not here, instead of going, yo, 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 we got to go, no, 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 so people know he's not there. You got to start it, man. You got to start it, Envy. Hey, Charlamagne, anywhere I can get one of those hats, man? I got you. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to send you a black effect. But you got to send him a watch, though. So he's Mitchell and that snapback. As soon as I get the hat, return the send. The watch is coming back. <laughs> All right, brother. Hold on. All right. 
He's on line five. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now, we got rumors on the way? Man, the biggest news yesterday, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky having a little baby. We're going to talk about it. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, congratulations to Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. They are expecting their first child together. Man, drop on the clues bombs for Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. The pictures were amazing. They were some beautiful pictures that showed that they were pregnant. And there was a lot of speculation. Oh, is Rihanna pregnant? People were saying they saw a little bump. But, you know, you don't say anything like that about a woman until she's ready to say it. And so... There you have it. They released the pictures where she's exposing her baby bump outside. Uh, and congrats. Well, congratulations. I pray for a safe and healthy delivery Absolutely. for Rihanna. Uh, I know it's a bunch of Caribbean aunties in Barbados, Barbados who can't wait to get their hands on that little bundle of joy. That baby will be well taken care of. And where do we list ASAP Rocky in the Harlem rapper power rankings right now? He got to be number one, right? Got to mm-hmm. be. Rappers in Harlem have done a lot of amazing things. Over the over the history of our lives, but nothing like this. Between him and him and Cam. Nah, I can't. No, no. I'm sorry. Got to bump Cam down. ASAP's number one right now. Sorry. Now Rihanna's father, Rihanna Fenton, told Page yes. Six that he's ecstatic for his daughter. He first met ASAP uh, Rocky in late 2020 when Rihanna brought him to Barbados, and from his experience, he said he's a very cool guy. He found out he's going to be a grandfather on Sunday. He said, "I'm so happy that I jumped for joy. I'm still so excited." Rihanna always said that she wanted children. She loves kids. She always takes care of her cousins' kids. She's going to be a good mom. ASAP Rocky has had a great career, great life thus far, but this one is special, and it puts him at number one. And I hope they get married, and if they aren't, if they aren't already, and I hope they have even more kids and live happily ever after in Barbados. He also called Rihanna the love of my life last year in a GQ interview. Mm-hmm. So, but, but did he claim Harlem or Yonkers Mount Vernon? Did he never did anything like this? Okay. All right. He also said his upcoming All Smiles album was absolutely influenced by Rihanna. And if she isn't winning enough, uh, her Savage Fancy brand has raised $125 million for those brick and mortar retail expansion plans that she has. So congratulations on that. How come they, how come they don't have a couple named like ASAP Riri or something like that? Like, oh, There you go. Man, they Just need to get it. married. ASAP need to make his last name Fenty. That's what he need to be working on. Rocky Fenty. Okay. You know what's crazy? That's so what he need Rocky to be working Fenty. on. Worry After about this nicknames. announcement, Drake and Chris Brown were trending. And so people were doing, like, fake Drake lyrics of what they thought he was singing. Niggas. <laughs> niggas. Boy, niggas got to hate. Why can't, why can't niggas just let people enjoy their moment? Somebody said Rihanna's pregnant. Drake dropping Marvin's mansion next week. Why Drake got to do with this? They said Drake album about to be a classic. And Man. <laughs> Drake don't got nothing to do with this. Chris Brown don't got nothing to do with this. This is no. about Rihanna well, and ASAP Rocky. Congratulations to them on their moment Absolutely. and their baby. And what, like I said, I hope she has a healthy, safe delivery. Mm-hmm. All right. Other babies on the way to Brett and Jessica Judy Dupart have announced they are expecting their first child together. Now, Jessica already has three children from a previous relationship, but this is her and the Brat's first child together. They got engaged in September last year. They had a Coming to America-themed surprise party, and they're getting married uh, later on this month, actually, February 22nd. So congratulations to the two of them. Jessica posted, the Brat was standing behind her, making a heart with her hands on her stomach, and said, uh, so we are extending the family. Congratulations to them. Congratulations. 
Right. And love is in the air even more. T. Grizzly has announced that he's engaged and he put up some romantic photos. His uh, fiance is Maisha Agnew. That's the mother of his child. So he put up some photos of their elaborate engagement with family and friends. Congrats to him. All this love Grizzly everywhere. And his new fiance. Hmm? Say so congrats to T. Grizzly and his new fiance. And look, you guys, it is February, Black so History like you're about Month. To cry. I was yawning, actually, oh. but it's like I'm happy for everybody. Okay. This is beautiful. This is love. And Valentine's Day is coming up this month also. And February 15th is another versus Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child is scheduled for February 15th. So get ready to watch that. It's going to be taking place live at Avalon Hollywood in L.A. Amazing. I can smell the Beacon Theater. All this I can love. smell the Township Auditorium in, in Columbia, South Carolina. That is a great Valentine's Day versus Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child. Drop on the clues bombs for both of them. I, I love me some Anthony. Yeah, I love Hamilton. both of them, and you know when, when my, my my oldest daughter was a, a a baby, I used to always play Ghostface Killer Love featuring Music Soul Child and Rock Her to Sleep. I love. I mean, I like both of them. And know? they also I'm, both had some really good features aside from their solo singles. Yes, I'm always riding Anthony Hamilton though, because that's Carolinas, you know. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss E. Now we got front page news next. Yes, and we are going to be talking about the weather. Um, you know, get ready for us, some more bad weather. I don't know if some people, some people like the snow, I guess. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Have you heard of butter? It's skincare created to give melanin-rich skin a flawless complexion. For a limited time, butter's giving away samples for free. Visit butterskin.com and use code Breakfast Club at checkout. New customers only, must pay shipping. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, get ready for some major snowfall if you are in the Midwest. So, from Colorado to Michigan, Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit. And then that's going to be happening today until Thursday. And then by the end of the week, they said the Northeast will thaw out and temperatures will rise to the mid 40s in New York City and Boston. So, just letting y'all know if you're in the Midwest, make sure you check out those flights before you go anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about a school in Manhattan, Collegiate School. It's a high school, and they actually have spent three years debating their mascot and their motto. They set up a special task force, and then they issued a 400-page report. Some people say this is wokeness run amok. Some people say that was much needed. Now, the school, by the way, on the Upper West Side costs $60,000 a year to send your kids there. It's from kindergarten to 12th grade, actually. And they had a problem with this Dutchman that is their mascot, their logo. And they also had a problem with uh, the word God that's in their motto, unless God, then in vain. So they replaced that with wisdom, community, and kindness. And then their mascot, the Dutchman, after debate over potential feelings of exclusion and Eurocentrism, has been replaced. Instead, it's a person with a hat covering their face. What what they got? What they got against God? And I don't know nothing about Dutchman to even know what that's about. But what they got against God? Well, they're saying it's a secular school, so I guess they don't Uh, want people to feel excluded. And then the give me all your money then, because your money's saying God we trust. Shouldn't walk. You shouldn't have any money. And the Dutchman figure of Stuyvesant, which is the figure that they use, uh, they said he was a racist anti-Semite. And other people, however, argued the other side. They said severing such links with the school's origins was misguided. And they said it was just too woke. I don't know nothing about Dutchman. I just know I used to smoke Dutch masters. But as far as the, the God thing, it's like, okay, we'll give up all your money. 
Because every single piece of currency you have says, in God we trust. I also seen yesterday a college was uh, getting changing the mascot. They said that the way the mascot was holding his hands was like white supremacy. But I don't remember what I just don't understand was. why. I mean, some things just aren't consistent. Like uh, the God thing in particular. If you're mm-hmm. going to take God out of the name of the motto of the school, then what are you going to do about your currency? Yeah, Seriously. They, they did say that it was a lengthy process and that the, uh, the community, members of that school community voted on what they wanted to do moving forward. Well, give me all your money, like I said. All right, now, uh, Bill, uh, Elon Musk has blocked a teenager, a college student. And this uh, 19-year-old Florida University student and aviation enthusiast rejected a $5,000 offer from Elon Musk. His name is Jack Sweeney. He's a University of Central Florida freshman. He said Elon Musk, Elon Musk blocked him after he declined to shut down a bot, a Twitter bot that he designed that tracks the comings and goings of Elon Musk private jets. So Elon Musk did not immediately respond to a request for comment made through Tesla, but he first reached out November 30th. And he said uh, he asked for details about how the bot worked. And then he said that the air traffic control is primitive and said, I don't love the idea of being shot by a nutcase for his jet being tracked. Yeah, Elon Musk should put him to court. Oh, he's definitely going to get hit with a lawsuit, a massive lawsuit, because not only is that an invasion of privacy, yeah. you're putting that man's life at risk. You like. follow me in all over the place, and then you're putting where I'm going <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I would put him in court. Now, I'm Jack sure Sweeney, the young man can't afford to, to fight back with a lawyer, but you shouldn't be following him wherever he goes. said he asked Elon Musk to up his $5,000 offer to $50,000. And he said Elon Musk considered this for over a month. And then Sweeney said he would also consider removing the account for an internship. And then January 23rd, Elon Musk blocked it. Now, he it was for 50000 in a Tesla. That's what he said when I seen the reports. But isn't that some form of blackmail or extortion? Or it's not because Elon offered 5000 Elon offered 5000 yeah, first. But what about when he ups the ante? When the guy ups the ante and say, no, I want 50 in a Tesla. Is that some type of... Nah, because you offer five. You offer five. No, I don't want five. I want 50. And I sent you talking money. Is I Elon offering five on record? I don't, I don't he know. has Twitter messages oh. uh, between them. And so Sweeney said he believed Musk a little bit about the security risk, but he felt that because <laughs> he has a security team, any concern was just worry. Y'all don't think that's crazy? Yes. Y'all don't think that's nuts that Absolutely. that man can say, well, no, you're not really at danger because you can afford to have security. Yes. How do you know that? Stop following me. Don't, don't, and, and then not even following me. You're posting where I'm going. Oh, Elon's leaving right now. He looks like he's heading to California. Oh, well, he made a stop in Vegas. Oh, well, he's going to New York. Nah. And now Sweeney also noted that private planes have built-in technology that enables them to be tracked, but he said there should be changes to how the whole system works. He said it would be like making a change to everybody's phone that they're using every day. It's not like you could just easily change the system. And um, he said he told Musk about another aviation tracking blocking program, which he said Elon Musk used last week. He said he must have thought that would have worked and he could just ignore me. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. Elon Musk should uh, sue him, drag him through court, but also... Have somebody track him. Have somebody track him and set up a social media page where literally they post his whereabouts everywhere he goes. Now, he also runs jet trackers for Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Donald Trump. Yeah, he's playing. Donald Trump would get him in trouble. He gonna learn. Ex-president, that'll get him in trouble. He gonna learn because he really don't understand how he's putting people's Life in danger. Life in danger and their family's life in danger. Yeah. Like, he's gonna learn. He gonna learn the hard way. I just don't know legally... um, He's, what they can do about this. Because I would feel like between all those people and Elon Musk has the money to legally be like, okay. It's coming. You give it a minute. But sometimes it was like, just take this 5000 because I don't want to spend 100000 200 in court. Just take this 5000 to go. But then when you start getting a little greedy, give me 50000 in a Tesla, allegedly. No. I'm not no, even... No, he said 50000 is about the cost of the Tesla that he wanted. Oh, 50000 I thought yeah. he said 50000 to pay off college. 
they said that's approximately the cost. He legally definitely had a case because there's got to be some type of stalking. Number one, your invasion of privacy. Yeah, you're putting me in in danger and my family in in danger by putting my whereabouts out there all the time. Like, there's got to be a lawsuit here. Absolutely, easily. All right, well, and that, criminal charges. That is your front page news. You said this wouldn't be if this was a guy doing this to a woman. This wouldn't be creepy. Yes, like, this is stalking, right? Yes, it's creepy. Come on, man. All right, come on. All right, now when we come back, Charles Oakley will be joining man, us. The like, last enforcer. <laughs> See, Elon Musk might need to go get Charles Oakley. If, if if you don't give a damn, we don't give a f was a person. If don't start nothing, won't be nothing was a person. It would be Charles Oakley, and his book, The Last Enforcer, is out right now, and it is one of the most entertaining reads uh, I've read in a while. All right, well, we'll get into that when we come back. Charles Oakley will be here. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Man, a legend. Uh, legend. Charles Oakley. Appreciate it, guys. Thank man, you. Welcome. First Thanks th- for the invite. Oh, happy to have you, man. When you walked in, I said, God damn, Oakley's a big ass dude. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, hey. I can see why you was the last enforcer. You got to hold it down, baby. You know, can't be talking if you can't walk it. Now, as a New York Knicks fan growing up, I mean, that was some of my best uh, memories. Right, right. Uh, the New York Knicks not taking no ish. Right, right. But now when I look at the league now, it yeah. just seems like the league just seems so soft. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little bit and how you feel about the league now. You know, because back then there was no just an ordinary layup. You're going to get hit. You're going to get knocked. You're right. going to come in strong. Something's something going to happen. But now it's like, it's a little. They made the transition. Mm-hmm. It's finance and romance. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a cute game now. A cute uh, game? <laughs> uh, more of a, a lot of pick and roll and just. It's a free lane, you know. It's like a, it's like going across George Washington Bridge. You gotta pay a toll. Mm-hmm. Just go, you know. They make it simple now. They, they mail you that uh, bill later on next month, and you know it's just it's just it's just a different ball game now. It's in a different space. Let's talk about the title of the book, uh, the, the Last Enforcer. Yeah. What does that What does that title mean to you, man? That mean I was there to be what I guess what a lot of people do in life to uh, protect people and there when people need assistance on and off the court or just my college coaches always tell me oh you know try to do something every day you know for someone no matter what it is um, and, I, and that stuck with me and my grandfather who in his book really you know taught me about being tough you know mentally tough and doing things you know, don't don't give in put, put your work in effort toward and um and this book really explained a lot about me growing up in tough situations with teammates Younger guys coming in, trying to show them the rope. When I was seeing someone disrespecting young guys, I would step up. And, you know, as most veterans should. I think one thing about this book, show you that whatever team I was on, I tried to, you know, make sure that my guys were safe. How, how, how has the position of being a team's enforcer changed from the time you played until now? Because do teams even need enforcers now? Team need leadership, they need guidance. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams don't have leaders. Um, everybody do the same thing. You got to be, you know, when substance are going sideways, it got to be somebody to pull them together. Uh, I don't see that a lot in the league today. Um, a lot of guys, they're more sensitive now. Uh, that's what, you know, you lead, if you lead a lead that way, it's going to trigger down to you. And that's what it is now. Everybody, I think the players get more of their weight, but is that cool for, you know, all situations? Because, I think sometimes players got to play and managers got to manage it. Owners got to be owners and whatever, especially when it comes to the money. Owners always going to rule that 
because in our era, we got paid, you know, for like deals. Like they, I think the place signed a deal like four or five years ago, um, twenty four billion for nine years, and you can see that now because they got to show the paperwork. When mm-hmm. We played, everything was under under the table. Every time we wanted to see it, it was always a fight. They want to lock us out because they didn't want us to grow in certain ways. They used to pay all under the table. Well, not pay. You know, the contract was to get. We could never see them. Mm-hmm. But now, so it's a global league. Now they got to bring everything up to the forefront. The first chapter of the book, Knocking Out a Jackass. Yeah. You say you didn't punch Charles Barkley. You didn't punch him. Yeah. He didn't snuff him. You just I slapped did. him. I smacked him. Why, <laughs> why did you have to put that down in the first chapter? I mean, why, 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 <laughs> why was that the first thing, right? Yes. I just want to start by saying I did not punch Charles Barkley. I, slapped yeah. I just slapped the shit out of him well, is what he said. They said make a statement. And the book, you know, it's a great book for us, like, contents about different situations and this and that happening out. I mean, I had run-ins with a lot of people all over, you know. So it was good to start with him because he talked too much. Do y'all, y'all speak to each other at all? I mean, he might. No, nah, few times we have, but he probably will ask, you know, like, why is Oak talking about me in this book? I mean, back then you didn't talk. Now you're talking because these young kids don't care about you. You know, I always see you on TV talking stuff in the fat slob, you know. So, <laughs> you know, you ain't taking care of yourself to talk about somebody. You know? <laughs> So, so you think no he t- respect there? Mm-hmm. So you think he talks too much? Yeah, he talked definitely too much. Back then, we played back in the set, eighties and nineties. You wasn't talking unless you can really throw him up. So did you think he violated code? He violated code. Because all of y'all was like a click. You him yeah, and Joe. Yeah, yeah. He violated code when he tried to hit me on my cheek. I don't play like that. When he tried to hit you on your cheek in the game playing Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So after that, it been it been like it been up and down like a roller coaster. So oh, that was a long time it ago. It don't bro. matter. <laughs> I thought this was something Hey, recent. they said, oh, tax for 20 years. That's a long time ago. Right. I still got to pay him, right? <laughs> so he still got to pay. If he apologized, would you? I ain't talking about him, man. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. for apologize, it is what it is. I mean, I don't need no apologize for him. He ain't nobody. I was going to yeah. ask in the league back then, <laughs> who was who was a competitor that you know that if he, if you hit him, he was going to hit you. Like It was going to be a brawl. Who was that guy? Or who was those guys? Uh, I mean, I hit somebody every night, so I didn't look at it like that. You know, like who's gonna fight back? I didn't care who's gonna fight back because I wasn't gonna back down. Uh, I just played hard. Um, I, n- I never tried to play to hurt someone. Like, if you watch the Lambeer and um, a couple of fights or, you know, Kirk Ramden and Mikhail, I never tried to take someone out of the air so they couldn't fall a certain way to hurt themselves. Never played at that level. I never tried to, you know, uh, act like Dennis Robbins or somebody. But, you know, stuff happened. You know, I played to my ability. You know, my, I didn't have a, you know, I could jump out of the gym. Uh, Skill-wise, it was okay, but I just tried to do what I could to do. On 90 and 90, I'd help my team win. That's what I had to do. I had to do it. I always wanted to know, right? Ed Lover used to tell this story that he was uh, at Caroline's yeah. one night. And y'all were there, and he was talking about something about the Knicks doing bad or losing. Yeah, I threw a glass at him. He threw a glass. He said it was chicken wings, but no, it was a glass. So what? So what? What happened? He remembers the weapon. I remember remember what happened. I remember all this stuff. And he said something, and I ain't like it's just like Isaiah said something about the oh the Knicks player never won this and that. So somebody I said, man, I see him. I said something to him. Like you know, yeah, everybody can't win. You know, you know, he said he cries so much. But yeah, that did happen at Carolina. (laughs) I threw a glass on stage. Hold on, when you uh, so you threw a glass at that level, but when you approached Isaiah, he cried. You know, he cried. He just always like, they left him off the dream team. They left him off here. I was a top five player. Yeah. And what he really mad about is Michael Jordan is he came and took his city from him. You know, Isaiah thought he was running Chicago. When Mike came, he won six reigns, and, you know, they didn't want him on the dream team. He blamed Mike. I said, I don't coach them want you on the dream team. So Mike wasn't coaching. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, he's, I don't know, Isaiah, I don't know, he's still crying to this day. All right, we got more with Charles Oakley. His new book is out right now called The Last Enforcer. And we'll talk to him some more. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with former New York Nick Charles Oakley. He has a new book, The Last Enforcer. Charlamagne? And, and you know, Michael Jordan wrote the forward for uh, The Last Enforcer, but that 90s rivalry with the Knicks and the Bulls, those was tough, man. Did that mm-hmm. did that affect your relationship any? Um, you know, uh, another relationship. I think that um, you know, we always gonna be friends, but we we don't we take it personal on the court. But I mean, they they was in our way. We we couldn't knock them down. It mm-hmm. was just just something about that. Some teams that can't beat certain teams. You know, uh, it was just. I think that more we let Pat Riley let Phil Jackson. You know, they was playing mind games, and it get affect the game. To us, to me, a, a lot because we should have played a certain way. And I, I tell people, when you play in the Bulls, you don't sub until they sub. I mean, it ain't about giving guys his minute at night. Some teams, you don't give guys their minute. You guys, <clears throat> the best horses out there, let them run the race at all time. So I didn't like that. I just, you know, just they, they had our number. How did it mentally affect you? Because you used to protecting MJ when he was getting knocked right. around. But then when you see him... Getting knocked around, he down on the floor. Like psychologically, how do you stop yourself from just reacting to well, help him? Well, MJ was, you know, he didn't come to, when we played with the Knicks. When I played with the Knicks, he didn't come to the hole a lot. He shot a lot of jump shots. I mean, he <laughs> one of the best mid range <laughs> jump shooters. He knows so, why. Um, the man shot fifty percent from the field for a career. I mean, and you be the greatest player, and most of the time he had a chance to win games. It's hard to beat a team like that. Yeah. I mean, you today's they. If if MJ was playing, you know, if say he wasn't MJ, but if playing this age, you shoot under forty seven percent, you are gonna lose the game. Mm-hmm. But he just shot the ball so well, and it, just every big moment seemed like he just came through for them. Like I know him in the garden, I I just tell him all oh, every game came down to the last two three possessions. He said, "Well, you know who gonna win? Who you rather have, me or Patrick?" So, and you look at that, like who you rather have in the final, Patrick or Michael? And you know, I know I said a lot about Patrick in the book, but you know. I played with Patrick 10 years. A lot of people are trying to question me what I say, but in the book, you know, I say a few things, but that's... that's you basically make it seem like, say, Patrick, you know the reason y'all ain't winning the championship. I mean, it was, it was. I mean, if you look at 9-4 against uh, a King Lodge one, if you go for him, they said, like, like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow yesterday was Cincinnati, uh, the Greek freak last year in the final. Mm-hmm. What, what did they do? They put their teams on their back. Dominated. Patrick couldn't put us on his back and do that. I mean, when we need him to. I mean, in the big play, moments. If you play against Akeem in seven game series, I mean, Akeem dominated him the whole seven game, and that was our go to man. If he gonna dominate him, because we 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 the little little crumbs on the table, he for to be our like let's throw it to him. I mean, he, we need forty tonight. Give us forty. We couldn't do it. That's what we needed. Damn. How you think he gonna react to that? Uh, I mean, I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. So, yeah. Hey. Is your truth his truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I speak the truth. I mean, Patrick, hey, I think that if you go back to Georgetown days, him and Michael Graham, and and I've seen, and not, you know, this not in the book, I've seen Patrick do a commercial for the NBA. NBA role guy, they, they pull you in. When he did the commercial, it was a guy coming down the steps and bumped Patrick. And I guess, you know, it was a little guy. He bumped Patrick, and Patrick looked at him and did, he shook his head, and the little guys, you know, did his shoulder like that. So my thing is, I think the soul went away to do something for the NBA instead of 
to do something for the team. Because you see, I played with Patrick 10 years. I don't think he had two flagrant fouls. I had, I had about 25 or 30. <laughs> no, serious though. Yeah, yeah, That's just yeah. real talk. I was going to ask, you know, you, you talk about Michael Jordan and, and how great he is. Now, looking at these players in the NBA now, whether it's your Kevin Durant, whether it's LeBron, whether it's uh, whoever, Steph Curry, or whoever it is, Joel Embiid, do you look at those players and see the same greatness? Because they like to compare all the time. I don't see the – I see some, some, but it's just the physicality back then. Some of the guys couldn't have made it. Couldn't have made it. Can't eat hot dogs and go out there and play against somebody in a steak every night. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's going to be a big difference. And I think, you know, taking nothing from these guys, they got they, – they got they 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 game in their own ways. Yeah, they can. It's a free it's a free pass. It's like going through that toe, George mm-hmm. Washington. You know, so it's not no physicality. So when you when you smooth like a KD, or, I mean, just a pure out score like that, and Steph and Clay, and I mean, you know, you get the book. You got some, you got some guys who really you know put the time in. But like I said, it's easy now. Could Charles Oakley play in this era? I can play in the era. I, my game traveled. Mm-hmm. Not saying I have to be physical. It'd be easier, mm-hmm. you know, because I got to worry about them, you know, banging my body. I, I probably can play twenty to twenty five years because I ain't got to look at LeBron. You know, you just get nagging injury now, but you got to worry about banging this and that. I mean, just up and down, ain't a lot of cutting. You know, anybody checking you coming across the lane. You know, the, the bodies are smart. Everybody looking just like you know, skinny with tattoos and with hair. You know, I cut my hair the other day, but it was like long, like the younger guys, but. That's that's a, that's a new wave now. Mm-hmm. You, you've had some legendary fist fights on the court, man. Xavier McDaniel, Rick Mahorn, Alonzo Mourning, and in the book you say most of the violence in the '80s and '90s, the NBA was controlled. And contrary to popular belief, I didn't fight all the time. Do you, you think you got a bad rep? I mean, when I came in the league, you had to know how to fight. Them guys was they was you know they would challenge you. Mm-hmm. But bad rep, I mean, some I think maybe because um, they tell you uh, well you you. You know, they try to keep count on how many times you flake and foul this guy, flake and foul that guy. I think fouls is a foul. Um, you know, if a, if a, if a Volkswagen run to 18 wheeler, I mean, you automatically you're going to go backwards. It's going to be know, flavor. <laughs> the weight going to push you. So the thing is, you know, I think they really still getting that wrong. It's, it's The flake and foul now is so bad. It's just, you know, at least in our area, you know, you've seen somebody hit the floor. These guys don't hit the floor and still call flaking. <laughs> was the fight was the fighting good or bad for the game back then? Um, they didn't they didn't determine the game. Um, you had to protect yourself, uh, mm-hmm. like on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there wasn't a lot of fights, uh, but they made it seem like it was all about. It's like baseball when they wanted they wanted to try to sell baseball. The numbers going on, they let the guys they knew guys on you know, juice and they let them juice to get the numbers up. Mm-hmm. Now in basketball. You know, you can do the same thing. The, the Biden sold the game. I was gonna ask, did you ever? It sold the game, mm-hmm. so it was cool then. But the commission, David Stern, seen that okay, the league was you know tend to go down there. He, you know, you got to put some more water, fire, let it burn. So mm-hmm. he wanted to go global. He cleaned it up and went overseas and got about you know got dirt about seven other guys. Uh, you know, guys with some talent. And now the mother countries, you know, the global league, they want to support it. How many people did you see outside of the game? Like after the game, it was like, Yo, I have to see him. I got to wait for his bus. I got to meet him in the tunnel. Did that happen? It might not. We nah. Maybe next time I see him, I ain't went. If I come looking for you, I mean, you might not be playing no more ball. But mm-hmm. uh, nah, no, nah, he wasn't that bad. Uh, I know some guys. You know, Mella had it out with KD. 
KG. Um, who was it? KG? KG. KG. You know, you know, like they, a lot of these guys just put on, like yeah. Dennis Rodman. You know, they, 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 they just do stuff for TV. They looking for, you know, trying to build a brand. All right, we got more with Charles Oakley. His new book is out right now called The Last Enforcer. And we'll talk to him some more. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with former New York Nick Charles Oakley. He has a new book, The Last Enforcer. Charlamagne? How does a player get Charles Oakley's respect? Because even somebody like Dennis Rodman, it don't seem like you respect him no. too much. I mean, he's a great player, but you know, you do all the extra stuff for attention. I don't, I don't respect guys who do so extra for attention. Dennis Rodman, I don't know to get my respect. I don't know. You just be yourself. I mean, I look at myself. I, I try to always be myself, and I see somebody doing, especially on the. If I see somebody saying he's a leader, and and you're not leading, you can't get no respect from me. Did you want a, a NBA job? You know, after you worked with uh, Charlotte? Charlotte, yeah. Did you want an NBA job? Do you think you deserved one? Or you think they should have gave you one, especially New York? I mean, a lot of teams get ex-player positions. Um, I had talked to the Knicks about ten years ago about being a ambassador, and this and that happened. Then they changed their mind, and I gave they gave it to Larry Johnson, matter of fact. So I mean, you know, I would work with them if they, you know, like I said, I wanted to. Then they they told me yes. Then they didn't get the contract right. So I mean, it's a different. It's a you know, if you got it, it's almost like babysitting. So it's I mean. But my thing is, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna babysit. I, I'll try to tone myself down to work with you, but I can't see myself just selling out just because, you know, it's a job. I, 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 I hate, I hated how the Knicks treated you. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, yeah man, I five years it. ago, however long it was. Yeah, that was so disrespectful, man. It just, it just, it just happened, and and whole people can see that people who watch that and see it know that somebody. And somebody big was in 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 charge of whatever happened because them guys just didn't walk over on their own. Somebody pointed to them and told them to go do that. It's just like a hit on national TV. Mm-hmm. And I said that man Charles Oakley got superhuman strength. It's about <laughs> it was about five or six people trying to restrain you and they yeah. couldn't hold you. Just you know, I got you got to protect yourself. Man, I hate I hate that happened, but like I say, I was just just having a good time and watching a good game. But uh, in his book, I talk a little about that, but. Try not to give him too much air time because it ain't about him. It's about the last enforcer. And but you declined, uh, according to Sports Illustrated, they said you declined to have your jersey retired. Why, Mr. G? Uh, yes, I did at the time. Yes, you know I mean, why would I want my jersey retired? Someone gonna get some eight guys to drag me out of a, spe- a place that, I mean, I came and put my sweat and soul in for mm-hmm. minute, ten, a whole decade, mm-hmm. and you know, why would you want my jersey retired? I told them they can retire hanging outside. <laughs> and what's your Would you let him do now? it now? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, what's your relationship with the Knicks? Uh, we still, now? you know, in court, and you know, uh, relationship. I love the city. I love, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I watch some of the games. Uh, they change it a lot, though. Organization, they change a lot for the good or worse. Seem like for the good. Okay. Not if they're not respecting the OG players. Like that's what I said. Oh. It's, it's been changed since then. That's why I wonder if they spoke. If y'all got. Uh, I mean, say. They always say that it's the same judge, but you're going to court at a different time. Gotcha. <laughs> so mm-hmm. most of the time they're going to get the same same type of trial. But, uh, I mean, I like to see the Knicks. I like to see the Knicks do well because the fans have been waiting for them winning. Long time. They've been waiting and waiting. And they sitting on the end of their chair and hoping that this the year, last year was the year, this year, next year. But, I mean, it takes time. I was going to ask, and uh, 
you were at the Source Awards. You were giving away an award in, yeah. in 95. What was the tension in there? Because that's when... There was a lot of tension. That's when the, the death row and bad boys... Yeah. <laughs> they was talking about they had 100 guys from Compton, this and that, and the West Coast. And then when Snoop got on stage, East Coast and love Snoop Dogg. I just... My thing, I'm saying, like, if you from out of town, I don't care if you got 300 guys, you get your award and go home. Mm-hmm. I mean, ain't nobody, we don't have to love you. Mm-hmm. It's a award show. I mean, somebody voted for you, somebody love you. Mm-hmm. But when you get on stage, you you know, so, I don't know. I don't, they wouldn't have jumped off in Cleveland. Well, I, and I, hold on, I, I saw you say on the Bill Simmons podcast that uh, that Mike and Scotty's relationship will probably never get repaired. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's more than basketball. It's th- I think it's something off the court because you see a lot of great players play together who don't have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that in the last dance, Scotty feel like you know he was the co-pilot to win six championship or either. I think they gave Dennis Rodman more play and Steve Kerr in the last dance than Scotty. You know they try to you know. Um, and Scotty, you know, he was going through situations, son passed, you know, divorce, and a lot of things build up, and you know, he just, you know, I guess, just say, hey, he want to get some out. He want to, you know, blow, he try to blow it out, and hopefully that, you know, he had his book. MJ had the last day. He had the MJ told his story. He told his story. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always something when when you get two people competitive on the same level like that, and hey. I mean, I wish Scotty all the luck. You so, know. so you agree the last dance wasn't fair to Scotty? I mean, I think Scotty deserved more, um, more high roll. I mean, but Scotty brought a lot on himself, though. I, I told him, like, when you didn't go back into the game, mm-hmm. you didn't have the surgery, it was three things. But so my thing is, you left the door open for people to, to bring the space in, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but he felt like, you know, he did a lot more. And, you know, I don't know how his book, you know, did, but, you know, he put it out. Mm-hmm. Was there any player that did intimidate you in the league? No, no. Shaq, nobody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shaq just big. You know? Shaq got a book out. He said, he, out of 10 guys, he want to, you know, whatever he want to do with, he put me number one. <laughs> oh, to the, the, the put hands on. I don't know if he want to put them on, but, yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm the number one player. Number so one. I know, but Shaq, you know, it, I I mean I respect Shaq because what he doing off the off the you know since he retired with you know reinvented himself and on twenty commercials this and that but uh, I mean I would love getting a ring with Shaq or do something that you know <laughs> since I'm his number one candidate y'all so, don't let nothing go huh, huh you no. don't <laughs> even. Hey, he said I'm number one, so if I'm number one contender, <laughs> well, we're going to do so. Because <laughs> even in the book when you talk about you know Michael Jordan Isaiah Thomas rivalry. And that goes all the way back to the 85 All-Star game when they froze him out. And you still see now, Isaiah throw shots at MJ every oh, yeah. chance he gets. It's like, y'all don't let nothing go. No, Isaiah can forget that one, though. I think me and Dola have a better chance talking about Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Mike talk. <laughs> it's never happening. Never. My God. Oh, no. Is, is Mike still the GOAT? Yeah, he's the GOAT. It's, he's still the GOAT. Uh, you got to put LeBron next to him. That's always been my corn. Frosted Flakes and Corn Flakes. Over Kobe? I, I think Kobe oh, the yeah. closest. No. Kobe ain't better than either one. I know Kobe not better than Mike. I think Kobe He's not the better than LeBron to... either. Really? No. Well, I... ex- ex- break it down why you think. Well, I mean, the body of work, you know, Kobe got more rings, but body of work for the team and on the, on the court, off the court, and how LeBron bring guys together. LeBron, just that special, he's just a special animal. He's just mm-hmm. different. Um, 
ain't gonna be it gonna like I say it was another Mike and you know they try to say LeBron was mad it's no it's probably no more LeBrons because somebody it's a it's the ability to play eighteen to twenty some years and, you know he, you know he gonna probably play about two or three more years easy and are we at, sure to say Cleveland level, bias. No, ain't nothing to Cleveland Bob. <laughs> that man got game. No, nah, he do, he do. That man just totally got game. I mean, if he didn't, I'll let you know. Um, and not just game, it's what he stand for, too. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody, no, he gonna be the only player ever play sports and still to be a big there and still playing. He's a professional. Wow. Definitely pick up the book. The, the Last Enforcer, Enforcer. Yeah, is out right it. now. Outrageous stories from the life and times of one of the NBA's fiercest competitors, Mr. Charles Oakley. Pleasure, man. Thanks, man. Absolutely. It's Charles Oakley. I, like, I know it's been a while. I've been trying to get on this show for two or three years. Well, I finally made it. Finally made it. Yeah, everything yeah, in God's timing. all time high. That's good, though. Mm-hmm. It's good, though. Everything in God's timing. Oh, yeah, y'all. Hey. It's the breakfast y'all, club. It's Charles y'all in Oakley. good space. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Well, the rumor reporters made it on to the Nick Cannon show again. And yesterday was an interesting day because it was revealed that he is expecting his eighth child. Now, Nick Cannon started off the show discussing the gender reveal that he had over the weekend. Here's what he had to say about the new baby that is on the way and the guilt that he experienced. This whole process was extremely difficult for me because um, I've known about, you know, Bree's pregnancy for a while now, before my youngest son, Zen, passed in December. And so even going through all of that, this was always in the back of my mind, like, when is the right time? How do I share this? You know, no one, we didn't expect Zen to pass away. To kind of figure out a chronological order or hierarchy, it just, it it kept me up at night. And and that was, I always talk about the guilt that I felt, you know, in, in losing Zen and even from, you know, how to deal with this for my other children. And that was a lot of the guilt as well, too. A lot of people were commenting on social media about it. He did say he's seen a lot of it. Some of it did bother him. And Bree Tiesi, who is the woman who is expecting uh, his eighth child, uh, posted on her social media page. And she said, given the recent announcement regarding my pregnancy, I would like to address a few things. From the day I found out I was pregnant, I was over the moon excited and filled with joy. I am still incredibly excited and eager to be a mommy. I purposefully kept my pregnancy private for various personal reasons. And I'm horrified this precious moment was exploited and plastered all over TMZ. This was not how I'd hope to share this news, especially given that I've been able to protect this news for almost my entire pregnancy with that said thank you to those surrounding me with love during this beautiful time in my life i cannot wait to meet my son now some people wanted to know well nick cannon you said that you were celibate and he actually explained why one of the reasons i couldn't say oh i just didn't choose to say it then but i my therapist was one of the ones who said i should probably be celibate and the reason why is because i had shared that news about you know Bree being pregnant and it was like yo I don't know what to do I felt like I'm not I I was trying to get a grasp I was like I have a new show coming out and then that was the reason why I started my celibacy journey back then are you still celibate well not no I'm not celibate no more I mean so challenge is over (laughs) I made it to the to almost the new year I asked Nick what he was selling a bit of well what was you selling a bit of Nick because he damn sure wasn't celibate celibate 
whatever that word means. What that mean? Not to have sex, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, but she did get pregnant before his celibacy. So the reason for him being celibate was finding out that she was having a baby. And then he talked about Too late. that question as far as, you know, there's a lot of women and personalities to deal with. Do these women get along with each other? And what about for the mothers? Do they all get along with each other? How does that work? Because I know people are wondering. They all get along with me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk, I, I'll get into that because honestly, they're all amazing women and they all have their own journeys. And I don't think because they have children with me that they should be forced to have to deal with one another. My children all get along mm -hmm. and they have all allowed my children to know and grow and be and see each other. And that's all I ask for. Hi. So. Thank you to all of them. And we'll talk about other people's business after this with Angela Yee. All right. So that's eight, right? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is number eight. Look now, you, you want to catch up. How many more you need to? I'm going to get my... When are we going to get our vasectomies? Ain't no we. When are we going we to get ain't our French. vasectomies? When I'm going we, to get my vasectomy. We. When we going? I'm going. When? I haven't set the appointment yet, but I, I'm going. Well, add me all. I'm now, Nick Cannon said earlier uh, in the show that he was being respectful of Alyssa Scott. They did lose their son, Zen, that they had together in December. And she posted, it is painful having my son be a part of conversations that aren't in alignment with his light and legacy. It isn't something that I choose for him or myself. But she did say, it isn't, uh, it's important for me to let you all know I am centered. I am at peace. I look at everyone's predicament with loving eyes. I will not judge. I will consciously decide what I will participate in. I am surrounded by love. God, my mom, dad, sister, brother, and daughter continue to carry me. You know, we wish all of them peace, man. Especially when a woman is pregnant. You know, the only thing you really want to happen is for her to have a healthy delivery. Mm -hmm. you know? Stress-free. Yep. Stress-free. That's all. All right, now Remy Ma has shared a first look at her women-only battle rap league, Chrome 23. And so that trailer is now available. The show is coming February 27th, by the way. And here is what it looks like. There's a different breed of female rapper that's about to take over the world. This type of fantasy, she pushes her own pain. She uses lyricism. It can also get very personal. This is rap in its purest form. I present to you Chrome 23, a new female battle rap league. Four women, supporting women, ran by women. Queens get the Sunday, February 27th. Okay, okay, what platform? Um, you can live stream it, and you can also follow hashtag Chrome23 on all socials. Okay, drop on the clues bombs for Remy Ma. Remy never stops working, by the way. Mm -hmm. I love this for her, too, that she's bringing this. I'm going to be watching that. Well, first did I just hear Remy on, and I was like, damn, Remy snapping. It was something you was playing the other day. Papoose Remy. Yeah. The oh, remix? that was the, uh, thought I was going to stop remix. Yeah, the remix. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was, woo, Yo, Pap, destroying it. Remy bodied you on your record, bro. <laughs> Listen, he, he also owed her some money because he acted like he was about to retire. Pap, <laughs> she got dumb on her Remy record. bodied you on that record, bro. Remy bodied everybody on that record, bro. All right, she well, that is crazy. your rumor report. Did, did Remy ever release that album? No, seven, <laughs> seven winners, eight summers? Yeah, eight summers, she... seven winners? No. No, right? I think she got one more. <laughs> well, maybe this year. Mm -hmm. All right, Remy. Now, good morning, Remy. Good morning, Pat. Right. Now, who are you giving your donkey to, Charlemagne? Uh, Eric Popper of Florida. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. This is a, a, a great time 
to introduce y'all to an amazing sermon that I heard this past Sunday by Bishop T.D. Jakes called Road Rage. Okay? We'll discuss four after that one. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is the perfect day to boss up. This is Rick Ross's guide to building your own empire. Now listen up. Your first 30 days of Audible are free when you sign up at audible.com slash breakfast. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for donkey of the day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet say out his mouth. If you gotta say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the day, right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like, I mean. <clears throat> donkey of the day for Tuesday, February 1st. First day of Black History Month. Goes to 30-year-old Eric Popper of Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida. What does Yonka Shaw always say about the great state of Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. See, Florida always does the most. And I'm a stern believer that folks who accuse you uh, of doing too much usually aren't doing much at all, but that is not the case with Florida. All right, folks in Florida really do t- do too much, okay? Y'all do. All right, it's okay. I'm not judging. I'm lying. I'm judging, but I'm a God. I'm a God, not the God. So it doesn't matter if I'm judging because only God can judge you, okay? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Now, Eric Popper experienced something that so many folks experience on the daily, and that something is road rage. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. I just heard an amazing sermon by Bishop the Drip Jakes this past Sunday titled Road Rage. Drop on the clues bombs for Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bishop the Drip was speaking on. Uh, he uh, was speaking on... Um, well, actually, we'll get to that in a moment. But what, but what is road rage? The dictionary definition is violent anger caused by the stress and frustration involved in driving a motor vehicle in difficult conditions. Keyword, anger. A lot of folks is projecting in these situations. And what happens on the road is just their latest trigger. See, a lot of people don't really be mad at you. They are mad about something that is going on with them. Okay, they are mad about something that is going on in their life. So they project that pain and hurt and frustration onto you. Eric Popper He's got the right last name because he was popping that thing. And by thing, I don't mean that ass. I mean a firearm. Let's go to GMA3 for the news report, please. The video is wild. This driver opening fire during the morning rush in Miami. All of this caught on the driver's own dash cam. Now he's facing two felony charges. According to the arrest report, 30-year-old Eric Popper cut off another driver who then started tailgating and honking. Moments later, he reaches inside the car's center console and pulls out a handgun. The other driver catches up, and according to the report, he throws an unknown object, hitting Popper's car. Popper opens fire, later telling police he thought he was being shot at, despite the other driver not having a gun. All his anger. This is why road rage will never be that serious to me, all right? Eric cut off a driver, mm-hmm. so he's in the wrong, right? Cause and effect. Driver then threw something at Eric while he passed him. So Eric decided to escalate the situation more by pulling out a handgun and letting off like Soldier Boy on Vlad TV. Papa said he thought he was the one being shot at, and that's why he started shooting at the other driver. However, the other driver was not armed. 
All right. Eric's attorney said that what Eric did was self-defense and he was justified in pulling out his gun. I'm not an attorney, so I have no idea if what he did was legally justified or not. I understand why he got angry, though. But if you're a person of integrity, you should say to yourself, you know what? I caused that. All right. You cut that person off. Did the person escalate it by throwing something at your car? Yes. But then did you escalate it even more by pulling out your gun and letting the hammer ham? Yes. See, the reason I don't purposely cut people off is because what if that person didn't throw a cup at Eric? What if that person had a gun themselves? All right, clearly the person who threw the cup was angry as well, but what if they were angry enough to have a firearm and shot at you instead of throwing a cup? See, all I see when I see situations like this is anger. All right, hurt, pain, nobody caring about the next person, nobody treating, you know, people with just simple human respect. What happened to the golden rule that we learned in kindergarten? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, okay? know why that is all out the window because everyone is angry all right according to AAA in 2019 road rage contributed to around 30 deaths right here in America annually okay plus nearly 80 percent of drivers have expressed some form of aggression behind the wheel at least once in the last 30 days road rage can lead to both criminal and civil charges being filed against the person and the key word in road rage is rage Anger. And where is that anger stemming from? That's why Bishop T.D. Jakes used road rage as a metaphor for people and how they deal with their anger. Don't listen to me, though, okay? You're going to get this word directly from the bishop himself. Roll it. You've been an angry man all of your life, and everything you lost, your temper took it from you. Mm. And this is not gender-specific. There are as many angry women as there are angry men. Mm. And you cannot enjoy today because you're still angry about yesterday. Mm. And I am calling it road rage. Road rage is any rage that is triggered by the journey. If you have something that triggers you on your journey, you have road rage. And if you don't deal with your road rage, you're going to cancel out your opportunities. Mm. Road rage will make you climb out of a car and not thinking, run back and snatch somebody through a window, not thinking whether they have a gun or not. Road range makes you make dumb decisions. Mm. How many decisions have you made out of road rage? Sometimes you're angry with people who aren't even here anymore. Mm, 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 mm. Who are you really angry with? you really angry with eric deal with your trauma before your trauma deals with you and have you out here bleeding on people who didn't cut you please let remy ma give eric popper the biggest hee-haw 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 you stupid mother are you dumb quick question yes ma'am he taped himself no, it was a, I don't know. It was a dash cam i don't know who yeah dash but cam it was, was his own dash cam he released his own dash cam of him shooting at somebody illegally I don't know. I just saw the thing say dash cam footage. Really? Yeah, he did, he did I, turn himself in. Yeah, but he, he, I wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, you going to snitch on yourself totally? Here's the know. video of me shooting. It just said dash cam video recorded the yeah, harrowing scene. it was his dash scene. cam. Maybe it was someone else's dash Maybe cam. Maybe it was somebody else's dash no, cam. No, it was his. I seen the video. He's in the car shooting. Oh. And it's his camera. I don't know. Don't be stepping on Bishop T.D. Jakes. That wasn't the moral of the story of whether or not uh -huh. he recorded his damn self. Uh -huh. The moral of the story was well, this man got a whole bunch of anger, okay, and, and unresolved trauma clearly that he hasn't dealt with.
All right. This is just pain being projected on other people. All right. Well, let's open up the phone lines because maybe we all do what we all had at one time. 800-585-1051. Your crazy road rage stories. All right. You don't have to leave a name. You don't have to tell us where you're from. You don't have to snitch out on yourself like homie did. But let let us know. I used to carry a big thing of pennies in the car. Cup of pennies. And if somebody cut me off, throw it all on somebody's car. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. I want to press charges against you now it's for that. Who can we? That got to be some type of charge. That was a long time ago. If, if you've ever been hit by a bunch of pennies <laughs> anywhere in Queens or in the New York area, that was a long time. You ago. might be entitled to compensation. That was a long time. If it was ago. a long time ago, a long time ago. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Your road rage story. Somebody cut you off and they look at you or flip you the finger. What you done did? I can't believe you threw a whole cup of pennies at people About all the time. I used to just keep. You've been wasting money. Jesus Christ. Just, just speed off. Vroom. Catch me if you can. Alright, 800-585-1051. Let's talk about it at the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Uh, it's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you're just joining us, we're talking about road rage. Now, Charlamagne gave donkey today to who? Uh, Eric Popper. <clears throat> He's a 30-year-old man from Florida who let that hammer ham at an individual because Eric cut the person off then the person threw something at Eric so Eric shot also you asked me about the dash cam footage uh, he released the dash cam footage to prove it was self defense he thought he was being, he thought he was being shot at because when the thing hit his car he thought it was a, a gunshot okay alright so we're asking your crazy road rage story I, I tell you I used to keep pennies in a cup in my car and if somebody cut me off or did something wild crazy I would definitely throw them now I don't anymore if you cut me off it's all good I peace to you I, I might even pray for you but Back then, nah, I was on and popping. What what about you, Yee? Now, I've been in the car with Yee before. She doesn't slow down for speed bumps or potholes. So what about you, Yee? Um, I would say I'm a pretty calm driver. I, like, yell at myself in the car. I yell myself in the car. I always realize um, that doesn't make any sense. You just hear yourself yelling. What you mean? Oh, you yell at other drivers Yeah, in the car. but you're just yelling in the car by yourself. So I just have learned to just calm down, let it go. And sometimes you also don't know what somebody else might do, like pull out a gun. Correct. And so it's not worth it to me to be that angry that I need to go back and forth with somebody. So I just kind of, I'm a pretty chill driver. Unless somebody does something, I might stick my middle finger up. That's the most I do. Now I don't even do that no more. <laughs> I tell my kids too. That's you know, the most I got, I do. I got but, two kids that drive. I tell them the same thing. Just leave it alone. It ain't worth it. Yeah, it it's not worth it. it. I did have somebody one time though. It used to be hard to find parking when I lived in Jersey City. At night it would be like you had to park 20 blocks away. And so one day I got the last park spot this guy pulled up next to me and by god's grace i was driving a rental car and when i came back outside he had keyed the whole car up the next day really yeah you took the spot yeah because i took the last parking spot wow (laughs) what about you Charlemagne? yeah i'm not a road rager at all because the way my anxiety is set up all i got to do is hear one story and i automatically think that can happen to me so when you hear one story about somebody shooting at somebody because they yelled at them or cursed at them or anything like that you won't do it also i'm not an aggressive driver at all like not even a little bit i hate aggressive drivers i hate people who act like they're in the fast and furious when they driving cars and it's usually those people who end up in road rage uh situations now what i am is a hard horn honker 
I will honk that horn at you hard that's, as hell. That's, that's just as worse. Okay. Yeah, I never, too. I feel like I no, never honk If you horn. cut me off or something like that, I'm going to give you that bam, 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 because that's what the horn is for. The horn is to let you know maybe you didn't see me. I'm right here. That's just as worse. Okay. A guy did that to me yesterday. One of them big ass trucks in the city. I'm about to turn and he's in the, he's in the left lane. I'm in the right lane, but I'm clearly just about to turn on the street. And he's making this wide-ass turn. So I hit him with that hard horn honk to let him know I'm out here. Did he still make a turn? You goddamn right he still made that <laughs> turn. He had that big-ass truck. What the hell am I supposed to do? I put, 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 hit the brakes and wait till he finishes what he's doing and get behind him. And I just want to tell New Yorkers out there, you don't own the street. So if you put something, whether it's a, a folding Cone. chair, a garbage mm -hmm. can, in the parking spot, that's not your spot. You don't own the street, okay? Yeah, I'm glad you said that in New York because you never say that in Florida. In Florida, if that person put that garbage can in, you get in that parking spot, you're going to find yourself in a gunfight. All right? Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on? This is Andretti. What's popping? Andretti, what's up, man? We we're talking road rage stories. You got one? Yeah, I was an uh, a couple of years ago. I'm going into Jersey across the bridge. Um, as soon as I come across the bridge, and the car in front of me, he's slowing down. I guess the uh, him and the, side, the car tires was talking to each other. I can't get past. They're basically blocking the road. So once it does open up, you know, as soon as you come underneath the lower underpass of the, of the bridge, when it opens up, I shoot by them. I slip them the bird. They curse wow. me out. What they didn't know is that I had a bucket of nails from just leaving one of my jobs. Like, uh uh so what I do is I just throw the bucket of nails out my sunroof. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they pop a couple of tires because I see what's been out. Yeah, but you just oh, have to hit everybody killed some too. You could have killed somebody. All right, well, so what? Stop hogging up the road. You just angry. Oh you, you just angry, sir. You need a therapist. What's your name, bro? I'm very, I'm very angry, Charlotte. I know I you are. Know I, need I can hear it in your voice, my brother. What, what, All that unhealed trauma you, and that pain you projected on people. Where you from, bro? Uh, I'm uh, craziest borough in the, in the city. Bronx. So Bronx. All right. Andretti, yeah, what's your last name, bro? I ain't telling you. Oh, I'm, send, wow. I'm sending you a lot of healing energy, my brother. Why don't you go sit down and talk to somebody and deal with that anger, man? All you're doing is stressing yourself out even more. And putting people in danger by projecting that pain on the folks. Hello, who's this? This is Cammy from Miami. Hey, mama, he watches too much TV. That's what he did. He threw it out like it was 007, threw the nails out and all of that. He watches too much TV. What's but up, anyway. Candy? Where you dance at? She said Candy. Candy, not Candy. Oh, I'm, Candy. I'm from Miami because I'm from where Mr. Popper from. And I just want to let you know how we get down to Miami because we have the worst drivers. All right, so <laughs> tell okay. I've heard people say that. So if you're from Miami, you know that Cali Ocho has the worst drivers. So I went there to grab some Spanish food. I pull out of this spot, not even a mile down the street, this car cuts me off. So I pull up next to the car and I'm telling her like, girl, like my food is all over the floor, chicken, rice, steak, and she don't care. So I tell her to pull over because I wanted to fight because my food ruined, my seat got juice all over it and she didn't pull over. So I wasn't able to fight. Wow. Well. Wow, yeah, so you, you just trying to serious. fight people out in Florida. She cut me off and she messed up my food. Not like, the food. That but... might have saved your life, though. You never know what could have happened if you would have got out and fought. Yeah, what do you think really triggered you in that situation? Did you really think about it? Like, was I'll it, real, was it really that serious when you think back on it? It was because I could have rear-ended her. Okay. And I was hungry. And I couldn't, I mean, I did eat the food. Like, it wasn't ruined. But I had to, like, clean up my car. Yeah, Maybe that it is was annoying. That. Maybe you was hangry. Yeah. You're not yourself when you're hangry. 805. What is that? Eat a Snickers? 1051. Or eat an empanada. Which one is it? She rather empanadas. Okay. We're talking crazy road rage. Call us up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it now. I'm in. 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 I'm in.
Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne gave Donkey the day to who? Eric Popper. He's 30 years old from Florida, Miami, and he let that hammer hand because uh, somebody cut him off. And then that person who cut him off threw something at his car, and he thought he was being shot at. So he shot at the person 50, 11 times. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's good, Envy? What's your crazy road Great. rage story, brother? All right, well, I was on the LIE coming from work. I'm trying to get to Brooklyn. And you know everybody in the left lane always go fast. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm following everybody lead, and homeboys just, like, tailgating me. And it's definitely space in the middle. So we making a curve, and homeboy really tried to just like ram me into the Nevada. And so I'm like, where are I bet? So I keep a thick six ounce bottle of like MTYSL cologne right in the arm, like right to the driver's side and the bottom. So I'm like, I'm just start flaying stuff at homeboy. And basically, they kind of stopped to the far right. And I guess they got shook and drove off. And I was like, oh, then I just did. Well, you shouldn't be throwing bottles of cologne at people. They could crack their window and they could crash and die. And then you're going to get charged with manslaughter. Little nasty bottle of cool water you throwing at people. <laughs> Little nasty bottle of cool water. Show us obsession. What kind of cologne was it? YSL. Liar. It was empty, though. <laughs> it was no, it was empty. Exactly. I'm about to say, you would never throw a full bottle of YSL at nobody. You're sitting there lying <laughs> up like this. Hello, who's this? Anonymous? All right. Uh-oh. You're on the radio, uh, she Anonymous. She did something illegal. What you do, Anonymous? No, no, no. Okay, so for reference, I'm from South Carolina. What uh, part? Green, not Charleston. Okay, what part? Florence, Florence Darlington, Florence Darlington. Love Florence. Salute to Darlington. Awesome, yes. So me and my sister were heading um, home from her college. She was in front of me. I was behind her. I got over in the left lane, and I guess the truck behind me was doing the same thing. They didn't know, so I guess I unintentionally cut them off. And then my sister got in front of me, so the truck, I guess, was pissed. He came around and cut me off, but almost put me in the front, which means he almost put my sister in the back. Oh, my God. So Dang. all bets were off at that point. So I chased him down I-20 about 120 miles per hour to get his license plate because now you got my sister involved, and that's – I don't play that. So what Dang. happened from there? You got his license plate, and then what happened? I, I just let it go. I was pissed about it. The whole situation, in retrospect, I should just let it go from the beginning. But like I said, I was like, nah, you about you almost ran me off the road and cut my sister too over me just pulling over. Like we all going the same speed limit. Like what are we doing? Right. Goodness gracious. Well, stop chasing people doing 120 miles an hour. It ain't worth it. Hello, who's this? Uh, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Good morning. We're talking road rage incidents. You got one. I do. So I just got a new car in April, right? And I was going in the left-hand lane, which everybody knows when you're in the left-hand lane, you do at least 85, 90. So 85, 90 in the left-hand lane? Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Your own rules, but go ahead. We got to go. So anyway, so I got my new car, and I'm driving up the left-hand lane, and this guy, like, he, he sort of, like, brake text me, and I got or I'm sorry, mad, and... So I go around him in the in the middle lane, and he flips me off. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I get in front of him, and I brake check him. Lord have mercy. So surprised. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so he's like, him and his wife are flipping me off again. <laughs> now, I have a problem. Even my children see that I have a problem. It's terrible. I'm in therapy. Leave me alone. Um, well, I'm, you, like, you you said the key word because all I hear is just somebody. Both of y'all just sound so angry, but at least you're in therapy to deal with your anger. 
I am, but it's terrible. Even my four-year-old goes, Mommy doesn't like people when I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy don't like people. <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to be careful. And you can't. And you can't brake check people, too, because sometimes people won't stop. I, I used to have a 1990 Nissan Stanza, right, driving in New York. And when people would brake check me, I'd tap them because I didn't care about the car at the time. It wasn't like it was, the car had 100,000 miles. You ain't going to do that with the Ferrari. I ain't going to do that with the That's what I said. I don't do that now. But back then, I'm going to tell you something, me, man. I'm running into the back. Between that and you All throwing pennies at people, Logan, Maddie, London, Syracuse, Milwaukee, whatever them kids' names is, they are lucky to be here because you right. shouldn't be here. You're right. All right. I did a lot of wild <laughs> Okay. That was me. That, but that was that's New Yorkers, though. When we drive, we just get irritated. I ain't never had nobody tap me from the back in New York. <laughs> oh, oh, where did they tap you in the back? Where were you when they tapped you from the back? <laughs> What's this guy right here, boy? <laughs> What's the ball? <laughs> Wow. What's the moral of the story? I moral know of the, they tap you in the, back, the moral though. of the story is y'all need to deal with y'all trauma before y'all trauma deal with you. And all of y'all need to go listen to Bishop T.D. Jake's sermon from this past Sunday called Road Rage. Because some of y'all are just angry and projecting that pain and hurt onto other people. All right. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the rumor report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Now, India Ari has removed her catalog from Spotify as well. She went on social media and wrote, I've decided to pull my music and podcast from Spotify. Neil Young opened a door that I must walk through. I believe in freedom of speech. However, I find Joe Rogan problematic for reasons other than his COVID interviews. For me, it's also his language around race. What I am talking about is respect. Who gets it and who doesn't? Paying musicians a fraction of a penny and him $100 million. This shows the type of company they are and the company that they keep. I'm tired. I mean, everyone can make their own decisions, but it feels like, you know, artists doing that are cutting their nose off to spite their face because you're not hurting Spotify by doing that. You're hurting your mm-hmm. own pockets. And I, and I wonder two things. If, if the financial payouts were better at Spotify, would artists do that? And also, have people actually listened to Joe Rogan's podcast? Are they just hearing a clip here or there? I'm that's sure what I want. Well, yeah, I think the problem is that they only are getting uh, less money. So that's part of the reason why she said it's not just his it's not his COVID interviews. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Spotify paying musicians a fraction of a penny and then paying him the amount that they paid him. And so I guess she feels like that's disrespectful. Because mm, it's, it's just a slippery slope when you're talking about content on any of these platforms. Correct. Because so much of it could be deemed yeah. problematic based on, you know, what your beliefs are. Everything could be. But when you start talking about rates as far as how much you're supposed to be getting, the percentages wise, and you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pull myself off, pull it off of Spotify and then put it on another platform where I get more money. That makes That's a different sense. conversation to me. Mm-hmm. Though. But yeah, that makes sense. Because I think they said, and don't quote me, I think title pays out more than mm-hmm. Spotify Yeah, that was platforms. always what they've, yeah. Yeah, so I would, you know, make it so that you can only get mine at a place where I get more money. That and you sense. never know how things will snowball, too. As one person takes a stand, and this is what's been happening, you know, starting with Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, India Ari, as more artists join that, it, it, that's how you get your voices heard. They've already said that they will do this this labeling now. They've already made some slight changes. So we'll see if more happens. And I don't understand how Spotify pays less than other platforms. I, like, I just feel like it should be an industry, uh, industry standard, right? Like, since they're all platforms that play Listen, music. Everybody can make their own decisions. Just like when people were mad at Dave Chappelle, they wanted to end their Netflix subscriptions. 
cool, that's on you. I just feel like when artists do that, they're cutting their nose off to spite their face because you, you're really only hurting your pockets. But like I said, if Spotify paid more money, would they do that? I wonder. All right, now, Whoopi Goldberg has apologized after facing some criticism over remarks that she made on The View regarding the Holocaust. Here's what she said. The Holocaust isn't about race. No, it's not about well, race. What is it about? Because <laughs> it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, and race. It's and but these are two Roma. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black people? They see them as white people. And they, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. Well, Ms. Goldberg is just wrong. The Holocaust was absolutely about race. Racism fueled the Nazis' whole ideologies and policies. Jonathan Greenblatt, <laughs> who is the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, responded. He said the Holocaust was about the Nazi systemic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. Absolutely. They dehumanized them and used their racist propaganda to justify slaughtering six million Jews. Holocaust distortion is dangerous. Yeah, Nazis viewed the world through the lens of inferior and superior races, and they thought Jewish people were a dangerous, inferior, non European race. So Whoopi is just wrong. Now, Whoopi did apologize. She said on today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. I should have said it is about both. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, uh, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I have caused. Written with my sincerest apologies, Whoopi Goldberg. Now you see how Whoopi said something wrong. She was corrected, and she apologized. Right? Should be done. How come we can't do that with other people on other platforms? Why do we have to boycott and threaten to cancel just because someone got something wrong? Yeah, it should be done. She apologized, and she understands. And Because I guarantee you folks won't say, I'm not going on The View anymore, because what Whoopi said is problematic. That's not going to happen. Well, she apologized. I so think did Joe Rogan. Sometimes when people apologize right away, like she just did, you know, that is what it is. She made a mistake. She was wrong. She got corrected. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. And let me say a uh, happy birthday to my wife again. Today is my wife's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday baby. Happy birthday, Gia. Happy birthday and happy Chinese. Isn't she also part Chinese? She's part Asian. Yes, part Chinese. Yep. Yeah. So happy Chinese New Year to you too, Gia. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, happy birthday, baby. We'll be celebrating all week long. Please don't make another city. Please. What? Y'all don't need a little Singapore. Where are you right? from? Monk's Corner? You, oh, you gonna name it Monks no. Corner? You gonna do no, that name no, it Big Monks? No, Big Monks, Little Monks, Big Monks, Little Monks, stupid. Little Monks middle name Corner? That'll no. be amazing. Nope, nope, nope. Please, just please don't make another city. Please. Nope, nope, nope. All right, and make sure you uh, pre-order uh, our book, Real Life, Real Love. Uh, it's all about our relationships and how we 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 coasted through hours, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, everything, insecurities, you name it. We we discuss it. Raising kids, love life, sex life, forgiving, cheating. We talk about all of it in the book. So hopefully, no. Go pre-order that now. <laughs> no. I was just going. I'm. I'm, I'm asking a serious question. I did write um, now because we've been joking, but it's true. Okay. I did write something for the book. Correct. Where is it in the book? Where do you think it is? <laughs> Tell me. Chapter sixty-nine. No, but I know. I actually it's saw. I actually saw the book. Chapters. Where is it? What do you mean? Where is it? It's on the back. <laughs> This guy's stupid, man. This guy's I just wanted stupid. you to say it. <laughs> so make sure you pre-order the book, Barnes and Nobles, Abrams. Who else is in the back? Somebody books. else back there. Too. Who else back there? Yeah, what's wrong with just you? Tell him who else back there. Who else back there? Diddy. <laughs> you and Diddy in the back. It's a party. Yo, you stupid. We man. party party. I hate you, man. But did he say on drink chance? We ain't party party. We ain't party party. <laughs> I hate you, man. 
<laughs> People's Choice Mix is up next. Congratulations again to Riri. Let's start off the mix with some Riri. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. It's time to wake up. Yeah. It's the Breakfast Club. It's going down. Angela Yee here, and my friends at the General Insurance give you quality car insurance for less. Check out their affordable rates and flexible payment options by calling 800-GENERAL or visiting thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee, some restrictions. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout out to Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley stopped through. He had a book, The Last Enforcer. Man, if you listen, do yourself a favor. If you're looking for a really great entertaining read and you know even if you're not a sports fanatic there's just like some really interesting stories and just the way Charles Oakley you know came up in Cleveland go get the last enforcer uh, by Charles Oakley man yeah and and just let, and let's let you know Charles Oakley I think the brother's 58 years old uh, he wants all the smoke if you don't give a damn, we don't give a F. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a F as a person, it would be Charles Oakley. Yeah, he wants all the smoke. It doesn't matter what age he is, Mm-mm. what he does. Mm-mm. He's that person. So definitely check out the full interview. Breakfast Club Online. What is it? Breakfast Club AM Online? Just, just know the book starts off with him saying he didn't punch Charles Barkley. He slapped him. And no, not an, just slapped him. Slapped the ish out of him. Slapped the ish out of him. There's another chapter in the book that's literally called Charles Barkley talks too much. Or Charles, I can't remember what exactly. Is Charles Barkley need to shut the f up or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's I don't remember, but it's it, yeah. Go get that book. Really, yeah, last really. All right. When we come back, positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, you got a positive note? Yes, indeed. The positive note is simply this, man. Uh, the positive note. I literally just posted this on Instagram, too. The positive note is you got to stop letting people who are at war with themselves destroy your energy. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?